Hello, I'd like to welcome you back to our series on the names and attributes of God. This is lesson number two, and we're going to start covering the names and attributes of God in this lesson. Um, so we're going we're gonna to say a word of prayer here, and then we're just going to get right in. I'm really excited about this course, uh, and I hope that you are too, because uh, as you learn the names and the attributes of God, you, you bring your relationship with God to a whole new level. And so... Um, as, as we pray and bring ourselves to a, a focus and, and bring ourselves to a centered place with the Lord today, I hope that you just kind of settle into his presence and get ready to hear um, what God needs you to hear. All right, let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we do come before you and we thank you, Lord God, for all that you do for us. We thank you, Father, uh, for all of your many names and all your many attributes that teach us who you are and when you are who you are. Father, we thank you for, um, for, for giving us your word, Lord, to, to lean into in times of need, in times of joy. Father, no matter what our situation is, we know that you are the God who is, um, is going to be present and, and working in our situation. And we give you praise for that. So, Lord God, right now, I just pray that you would still each one of our hearts, each one of our minds, to enter into your presence today. Father, that we would just uh, come with a, with a fresh mindset before you and, and to learn, Lord God, exactly what you need us to learn. So we give you thanks, honor, and glory, and we pray your blessing upon this time. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's children said, Amen. Alright, so today's lesson uh, is titled, The God Who Sees. All right, and I'm not going to spoil the name just yet. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna read a couple of scriptures before I give you the name. But what I want to what I want to talk about is the fact that uh, when when we walk through this life, it's so important to to know that God sees. Uh, I remember what what I believe is the first time I ever truly witnessed. Um, to, to one person, and I was in high school at the time, and um, I tried my best to be ginger, uh, but the, the question came, where was God? And my response was simply, he was there. It's just that sometimes you don't see him in that moment, and even though in in dark and painful moments, we don't always see God. God always sees us. And and so maybe when you hear that, you say, okay, but why does God, why is God okay with seeing us in a dark and painful moment? Well, it's not so much that God wants to see you in a dark or a painful place in, in your life, but God, God sees everything and knows everything in advance and he knows when the devil's gonna torment you and and here's what you have to focus on is at the end of the day at the end of the struggle God is there and we'll talk about that name uh, later in the series but it's important for you to know that God sees everything okay uh even even in the moments here I am um you know, I've served in pastoral ministry now for uh, seven years, and it's it's amazing to me that still sometimes it feels like, God, do you see this? 
God, are you hearing me? Of course, I know the answer. I know that God sees. I know that God hears. But because we're human, because we we live in this fallen world, it's so difficult to know that God sees. Turn in your Bible to uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. I want to read um, five verses out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Uh, and, and, and I want you to listen closely to this because truthfully, like I said, even when you don't know it, God is seeing what you're going through. So uh, again, Second Thessalonians chapter one, let's begin in verse five. I'll read from the King James, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, who shall be punished, excuse me, with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day all right and and so when you hear all of that maybe it doesn't make the best sense to you but the the thing is this and i guess maybe i i could have started at verse 4 Uh, Verse 4 says this, So that we ourselves uh, glory in you, the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecution and tribulations that you endure. Okay, that's the manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. Uh, um, So, apologize, should have started in verse 4, but accidentally chose verse 5. But here's the thing. This tells us us something, and I'm, I'm glad that I caught that. Poor penmanship in my notes. Um, persecution and tribulations that we endure. What does that mean to us? That means that we know in this life, because we serve Jesus, the devil's going to torment us and he's going to put people in our paths to be roadblocks against us. What, what, what does the devil want more than anything? The devil wants more than anything for you to be discouraged for you to be downcast, for you to be worried, for you to be confused, to feel pushed, to feel frightened, rushed, feel condemnation, to feel obsessed about something. That's what the enemy wants, right? When God truly just wants you to feel calm, he wants you to feel comfort, a little bit of conviction, some encouragement, enlightened. He wants you to feel his leading, his reassurance, his stillness, okay? Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense the tribulation, the tribulation to them that trouble you. Seeing it. This, this tells us that God sees the trouble that we go through. Okay? And he's going to recompense that tribulation to those that cause it. When the enemy sets a stumbling block, somebody to poke their fun at you, God is going to come against that person 
and he's going to repay them for the tribulation that they put you through. Okay, uh, that's that's important for us to know. That that shows us how much God cares for us and loves us. Um, so the next thing that I want you to do, I want you to start turning in your Bible to First uh, Samuel, back in the Old Testament, and um, that that brings us to the next question: Where does God look then? If God sees everything, where is He looking? Okay, maybe some of you. Um, have an idea of where I'm going with this, but humor me if you do have a, if you do have the idea of where I'm going with this. Just hang loose. So, God is looking at your life. God is watching what you're going through. God sees the day by day the uh, the the struggles that you walk through, the ups and downs of your lives. God sees every tear that you cry. He hears every laugh that you chuckle, right? God sees it all. But the question remains, God, where are you looking? Okay? God looks much deeper than we ourselves look. We tend to look at the book and we see the cover first and foremost. But God doesn't just see the cover of who we are. God's looking deeper. God's looking at the heart, okay? 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, if you want to turn there, um, we'll go to verse 7, and this is what it says, again from the King James. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, don't look at the book from its cover, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. God doesn't see what we see. For man looketh in the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. That is so good to know. Why is it good to know? Well, here's why it's good to know. Where does sin begin? I'll let you answer that for yourself before I spoil it. Where does sin begin? Sin begins in your heart. Okay? Um, and, And that's why God looks at the heart. God sees your intention before he sees your action. He knows the action that you're about to walk through on because he knows every number of your days. He knows exactly what he's going to do in your life. He knows that that whether you plan the number of your days or whether you, um, you know, just live your life free and easy, God knows the number of your days. And if you think that you're going to get away with you know, trying to steal God's authority on one thing or another, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Because God sees everything that you are doing, that you have done, and that you will do. Okay, so this brings us to the fact that God is in control. God sees everything. His name, the God who sees in Hebrew, is El Roi. E-L-R-O-I, two separate words. Some people pronounce it El Roi. Um, but either way, whether you want to say it Roi or Roi, it is E-L space R-O-I, the God who sees. 
okay? And in this name, we, we want to pair it with his attribute of his being sovereign, okay? Because this teaches us that God sees because he is the absolute final authority. Everything that you do, every move that you make is seen by God because of his sovereignty. He is the one who sits on the throne and 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 you know makes makes the plan for your day. So you might think that you planned your day. I, w- I want to testify to you real quick. Uh, and this is not in my notes. This just came back to my mind. So I'm going to run with it for a minute. I remember one morning I was driving to work. And at the time I worked um, a shift from 3 a.m. to 12 in the afternoon. And I was running a little bit late to work. And I was frustrated. I left the house generally uh, between 2.20 and 2.30 in the morning. And I... I uh, had to take the highway, and so I was heading to work, and I was probably about 15 minutes from home, right about halfway to work, 15 minutes left to drive, and I had my day planned. I knew that I was going to go to work, I would work my shift, and then I would come home. I didn't intend to wake up a little bit late, but on accident, I was tired, it's difficult to get up. Uh, that early in the morning, and so I woke up just a few minutes late, and it wasn't terrible. I would still be on time, but technically, you know, just a few minutes uh, in in the later end of clocking in. And so I made it about halfway to work, and I'm on the highway. And when I was on the highway, these two young deer walked out in front of my car. And I followed them for a minute thinking, okay, we're on the highway. Certainly they're going to get scared and run. And so I switched lanes and I slowly started to go around them. And as I switched lanes, they stepped in front of my car again. And I kind of laughed and I was like, oh my goodness, you know, this, this is a little bit humorous to me. It's, it's funny. And So I followed them for a few minutes and I got back in the other lane and as I switched lanes, they stepped in front of my car. And I realized, okay, um, something's going on. And so I continued to follow the deer. I realized that God must have appointed these deer to step in front of my vehicle. And so I followed the deer until we came to a part of the highway where they were able to run off and they ran off the side of the highway and I picked back up my speed and I made it all the way to work. And what I had found out later was that five minutes before I made it to the intersection that I needed to be at, there was a very severe crash. I passed by that crash. However, I was behind about six minutes. Um, Six minutes behind from when I was already late because I was trying to get around these little deer. And, And it was a little bit frustrating in the moment. And then I realized that God protected me by putting two fawns in front of my car and I was even more late 
but I missed the person that ran the red light. And and I and I, I can't explain why the deer stepped out in front of my car and the other person got hit. I can't explain that. But what I can explain is the fact that I know without any shadow of any doubt that there were people in my life that prayed a hedge of protection over me as I drove to work each morning. And there's something to be said for the power of prayer and the sovereignty of God and the fact that God sees, okay? Because God doesn't just see the person that's praying. God hears that prayer. God honors that prayer. And and so I, even though I was a little bit irritated that I was late to work, I had to stop and be grateful that God would do that for me, okay? I want to read to you from uh, the book of Genesis, and you're welcome to follow along with me, um, from chapter 16, okay? Genesis chapter 16 probably is going to be a pretty familiar story to you, but I'm going to read you the entire chapter. It's 15 verses long, and then we're going to talk about it for just a few minutes. Okay, if you want to read along, here we are, Genesis chapter 16 from the King James Version. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare to him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord has restrained me from being from from bearing, excuse me. I pray thee, go into my handmaid that pardon me, I choked, that it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. I want to stop and make note. Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. Abram listened to his wife, not to God. Continue in verse 3. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after, after Abram dealt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And he went unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Note the hatred now. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom, And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt heartily with her, she fled from her face. Verse 7. And the angel of the Lord found her, by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence camest thou? Where did you come from? And whither will you go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, 
Thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spoke unto her, the God that sees me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that sees me? Wherefore the well was called Ber Lahai Roi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abram a son. And Abram called the son's name which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. I want to focus on verse 13. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her. This is the first time in scripture. And that's, I, I, I'm, I'm not real big on proof texting. And I want you to have the whole story. Okay. And that's why I chose to read you the whole chapter. Um, in verse 13, this is the first time in scripture that we see this name of God. Thou God seest me. You see me. Okay. Um, so Roi, R-O-I. This word is derived from another Hebrew word that means sight. Okay. It's only used five times in the Old Testament. And, and so this, this teaches us that God sees us. And oftentimes when you read the, the name God, capital G-O-D, in the, in the Old Testament, oftentimes it will start E-L in, in its original language Hebrew. L means God. Okay, so you, you take L, which means God, and Roi, which is again derived from another Hebrew word, which means sight, and, and it creates this name of God that tells you something about him. It's, it's more than just a name. It's a name with, with some character behind it, right? It, it gives you a little bit of his personality. It, it helps you understand who he is. But for the first time in scripture, we hear the name God sees. And, and Hagar... Hagar had some hatred in her heart towards Sarai because Sarai gave her over to her husband. She conceived a child and and she despised her mistress then, right? And it's so important for us to read the read the Old Testament or as I sometimes call it the First Testament, um, you know, just just with an open mind and see see God moving the angel of the Lord um, oftentimes when we read scripture and we read specifically in the Old Testament first covenant when we read about the angel of the Lord it's a form of the Holy Spirit that hasn't come yet okay uh, it's 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 note that this whole time start when when you go back to verse 7. We're going to go through this verse by verse real quick. Verse 7, Hagar and the angel of the Lord. Verse 7 says, And the angel of the Lord found her by the fountain. Okay? 
And he, the angel of the Lord, said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where'd you come from? Where are you going? Verse 9, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Verse 10, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Verse 11, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Right? And then you get to, um, then, then you get to verse 12 and more instruction. This child's going to be a wild man. Okay? Conceived not the way that God wanted him. Uh, it, it wasn't God's plan. God's plan is obviously later fulfilled when Sarah and Abraham have a son named, yes, Isaac. Okay, um, so so we read through those several verses, and the angel of the Lord said, and the angel of the Lord said, and she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her. That's how we know that, that this is an image of the Holy Spirit who's not yet come. She called the name of the Lord that spake unto her. Thou God seest me. His name is El Roi. Okay, so important for us to know that God sees. Because uh, if, if we don't understand that God sees, we'll get lost. And and it, it, as you read through this, it's it's so important to see that Hagar knew God saw what happened. God saw that that there was a conception. God saw that Sarai gave Hagar into the hands of Abram. God saw that Hagar fled from Sarai. God saw that Sarai had hatred in her heart towards her mistress. Right? So so this shows that God sees it all. And that's important for us to not only uh, instill in ourselves, but to instill in your children. Um, That's something that was really strongly instilled in me as a child. And I can't thank God enough for that. Uh, To know that, you know, God, you see what I'm walking through. And, And, you know, maybe sometimes I sit down and I pray and I say, God, this isn't the way I saw this going. And boy, what what an assurance to know that he just says, but son, I see it all. And I see the outcome before you see the outcome because my name has been called El Roi, the God who sees. He said, son, I am sovereign and I know what's coming next. So just sit still. I got this. Amen. That's that's only one of the names of God. And I hope that as as we progress through this course, I hope that you're only going to deepen your relationship. Remember, I told you in lesson one that I'm going to really strongly encourage you uh, to be journaling. I, I, I can't force your hand. But if you really want your relationship with God to grow, you got to spend time with God. Amen. And so, again, if you need a spiritual advisor that can just, uh, you know, look over your journaling and say, yes, I think you're on point. Uh, that sits with my spirit. And you don't have somebody like that in your life. You are more than welcome to utilize me. I'm happy to be there for you on that account. But this is what I want you to sit down. Take your journal out 
And at the top of the page, write this. How do you see me, Lord? And be ready for the answer. Um, I, jur- I journaled that myself. And sometimes God just surprises us. Uh, sometimes God will say, speak things into our spirit, say things that uh, surprise us. And God loves you. That, that's what I want you to know. God loves you. God sees you. And so I want you to just sit back and take the time and journal that. Lord, how do you see me? You're the God who sees. What do you see when you look at me? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being the God who sees. We call on your name right now, Lord Jesus. God who sees. Be present with us. Father, as as we approach different situations in life, Father, I know that each one of us walks a different road, but Lord, we thank you because even though there's, there's many roads to walk in life, you see the end game on every single one of them. Your name has been called El Roi. And I thank you, Lord, that you see the end of the road. Father, even when I can't see what we call the light at the end of the tunnel, you see the end of the tunnel and you are the light. Father, we thank you that you see the ups and downs and that you're willing to be our comfort and our shelter and our hiding place and our refuge in the moments that we need the most. We give you praise, honor, and thanks, Lord God, for this time. And I pray, Father, that as these people sit to spend time in your presence to ask you how you see them, I pray, Lord God, that you would speak clearly into their minds, into their hearts. Father, let them know that they are surrounded by a company of angels tonight. Let them see you, Lord God, the way that you see them. I thank you and I give you praise in the name of Jesus and all God's children said, Amen and amen. God bless you all. We'll meet back here in a couple of days for lesson three. Until then, stay in God's presence and know that whatever it is you're walking through, he sees it. God bless you all and have a wonderful day.